I think I need to sit down. That's a lot of words in that song. What? Get me a stool, yes. Amen. Well, I'm thankful for this old book, amen. And, uh, yeah, we do make a fuss about the book because that's what you got to do, make a fuss about it. Because you look at all the loonies that are out there today, what they're trying to do. You know, you, know, you chuckle at that stupid stuff that they say, but uh, it's just par for the course. You know, these other versions come out, and people say, well, we know what it means. Well, why don't you just get what it means then? Just get the Word of God. And I oftentimes say you'd never buy a, a dozen eggs at the store and then get home and open up and have eight and be okay with it. You, why would you want another version of the Bible that leaves out part of the Bible? Amen. Amen. So we do make a fuss about it. Now this morning, what's it look like to you? What's it look like to you? I'll be honest with you. You know what a lot of things look like to me? A mess. A mess. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, thank you for this time. It's been good to be in church this morning. Thank you for the dear people here this morning. I pray you'll bless each and every one and help us now. Help us see things differently because of this time. I pray if there's somebody's not saved that they might see their need of salvation. We might look in our lives and see something needs to be changed. Things to be made right. Lord, help us see correctly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I understand this, that there are people that jump out of planes in the air. Seth was a paratrooper. That tells me he had very little sense. <laughs> jump out of a good plane that had wheels to land, but he was a paratrooper. And I think I'm right on this. Whenever you got to the door to jump, you didn't look down. Correct. You were what? Look at the horizon? Look up. Keep looking up. And always, they would train them and, and, and say, you keep looking up, you don't look down, because when you look down, you fear. You, know, you ever been maybe side of a hill or something, you get to the edge of it, and you, you get there, and all of a sudden you look down, and you think, man, no way. I, there's been places I didn't walk out onto because I looked down. Looking down brings fear. That's why I get the message here, what's it look like to you? Because it depends on which direction you're looking. And when I think about the story here, of course, we know the, 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 the admonishment we, give, we get here and the information we get about God supplying our needs. We, it reminds me of a story about the Israelites and how they've been delivered from bondage. You know, Israel was under, under the authority of, of Pharaoh. Pharaoh had captured them, and they were in bondage there. And uh, uh, you remember how that, that, that the story goes that they were delivered from that bondage. God had brought the plagues upon the people. Moses, God's man, was there lead, leading there as God had him. And, and all, these, all these different plagues came upon the people of Egypt and Pharaoh. And, and it was horrible. You, you, I'm not going to take time to go into all the different plagues, but... There was a lot of terrible things that happened at that time, and and uh, uh, and and finally ended up at the last the last plague was this that there was uh, a blood had to be sacrificed, was, an animal had to be sacrificed, a lamb without spot, and blood was to be put on the doorposts, and and that was the Passover time, and wherever there was not blood put on the doorposts, that Bible tells us that the Lord passed over, and the firstborn of each one of those houses they died. 
And uh, finally, that was the last straw for Pharaoh. And Pharaoh finally said, all right, get out of here. We don't want you here anymore. And he allowed the Israelites to leave that, that uh, place of captivity to them. And they were headed to the promised land. God had promised them this land. And finally, the time has come for them to, to leave and, and be on the way to the promised land. And so they were allowed to leave the bondage, and then they got to the Red Sea. And, and uh, remember how that they're going to the Red Sea, and they find out that they're being followed by the Egyptian army. And Pharaoh says, you know what, we need to go get them now and kill them. And so they're after the, the, uh, the God's people. And so God's people are following Moses. They get there to the Red Sea, and here's the sea. How are they going to get across all these millions of people? How is this going to happen? Well, God told Moses, he said, I want you to smite the waters with the rod there. And they smote the waters, and the waters parted. You say, do you believe that? The Bible says it happened. So I believe it. And uh, the waters parted, and then, then that's what's awesome. That's awesome. But then think about this, that God had dry ground for them. So he not only parted the waters, but dried it up, and the Israelites went across on dry ground. You say, I can't believe that. I do, because if God could speak and the world come into existence, God could speak, and the water, the, the ground there, the, the, the riverbed could dry up too. And so they were able to cross over. God parted the waters, and the children of Israel crossed over, and then the, the, the Egyptians thought, well, you know what? If they crossed over, why can't we? I can imagine, you know, the crowd of Israelites got across there. And, oh, Pharaoh, his, his group says, come on, boys, let's go. We'll go get them. They cross, we'll cross. They thought they could do what God's people were able to do, but they couldn't. And when they were in the midst of the water, God allowed the water to come back upon them and drowned them, killed them. Israel was safe on the other side. Israel was safe. God preserved his people miraculously. I mean, what a miracle that, that, that the waters parted and then the miracle of God bringing the waters back upon the enemy and taking care of the enemy. But my God shall supply all your need, doesn't he? Hey, Israel, what's your need? Boy, we need some help right now. The Egyptians are after us. They're coming right behind us. God, we need your help. God said, I'll supply your need. He put the waters back on top of them and killed them. So here's the Israelites on the other side of the Red Sea. Think about it. Three and one-half million Jewish folks. That's a heap of people. I'm thinking, good. You know, when I think about it, I think of the people, and, I, and I've read so many times. But then this week, it really, it's, I'm a, it's thinking of three and a half million people are following Moses on this trip to the Promised Land. And so... They're on the other side, and something happens. They get hungry. Now, it says they were Jews, but there must have been a bunch of Baptists there, too, because they got hungry. Amen? They got hungry. The people on it. Now, you say, well, let's just feed them. Three and a half million people. Do you understand the enormity of this story? Three and a half million people. Moses, they're hungry. What are we going to do? There was no McDonald's. There weren't any restaurants. There was nothing there for them, and they're hungry, and I understand that. Of course, they're, they're on the way to the promised land. They've got to have some food, and what's going to happen? And so they began to complain. And I'm sure Moses thinking, what are we going to do? We've got three and a half million people. How are we going to feed these people? But my God, so supply all you need. Amen? You know, God had enough to feed three and a half million people. And the Bible tells us there that God sent manna from heaven. 
God sent a manna from heaven. Now, remember I said, what's it look like to you? I said about when someone jumps out, the fear comes when they, when they jump out of a plane by looking down. You know, keep your head up. I'm thinking, you know what? What was happening here? The people, the people are hungry. What are we going to do? What did Moses do? Moses looked up. Now, Moses didn't have Philippians 4.19, but I believe he knew God enough to know that that was true. He looks up to God and says, God, we've got three and a half million Jews that are hungry. What am I going to do? There's no stores here. There's nothing I can do. We don't have it for them. God, what are we going to do? And God said, I'm going to take care of it. And by looking up, God sent from up heaven down to this earth manna. And they were all fed. Three and a half million Jews. God's good. Oh, he said, but my God shall supply all your need. Every morning, God had manna fall from heaven to feed the people. And what a wonderful story it is. And I I believe it with all my heart. But it reminds me of this, that you know what? God takes care not only of the Jews, but he'll take care of folks in Martinsburg, Pennsylvania, too. I have the same God those Jews did there on their way to the promised land. Is my God today when I can keep my eyes on him. When I look down, I get fear. When I look at this whole world, it's fearful. Like, what are we going to do in this world? But I look to God and I know that he'll take care of us. Paul wrote Philippians 4.19 from a dungeon in the Mamertine prison. God supplied his needs. And so what happens? The Jews all got fed. But they weren't satisfied. Because when you eat, you got to have something to drink. And they said, man, we're thirsty now. Just ate all this manna. we got to have some water. Well, what are you going to do? They didn't have bottled water. There was no well there for them. What did they do? God, I've got three and a half Jews here. God, we just talked to you about it. You fed them all. You sent manna down and, and, and you fed all those people. Now they're thirsty, Lord. We've got to have it. Moses didn't say, well, let's start digging here, folks, and digging over here and let's see what we can find. No, he looked up knowing that his God would supply the need. God said, Moses, take your rod, smote the rock, a rock of Horeb. Sounds like a crazy thing to do. You go out there in a parking lot and out there along by the bus out there and you can take a stick and you get every rock you want to and you're not getting any water. But God did a miracle. And what happened? Moses went over that rock and he smote that rock and water poured out. Again, think about it. For three and a half million Jews, that's a lot of water. And so you think about it. God quenched the thirst of three and a half million folks. They got manna, they got water while on their journey there. And then what happens to the two? They're on this journey. How are they getting around on the journey? They're walking. And God said, you know what? I can't, can you imagine Moses saying, God, we're walking around here. These people, their shoes are going to start getting, you know, uh, really flimsy. And they're going to wear out. What are we going to do? God? And God says, they're not going to wear out. They're going to be fine. Wouldn't that be nice to have clothes that never wear out? I usually never wore mine out. I grew out of them. What happens if they didn't wear out? 
God took it. Where, where did this come from? Did it come because all of a sudden some of the women there said, well, we could make some new shoes or, or we can make some new clothes? No, it was by looking up to God saying, God, we have this need. God, supply the need. And God said, hey, your clothes won't wear out. Your, your, your shoes won't wear out. Well, I'll take care. Why? He's giving them manna. He's giving them water. He's taking care and fed, fed them and gave them this water. God really took care of the needs. But of course we know. And here's the thing. We got something on those Jews they didn't have. We got Philippians 4.19. But my God, he's mine. He's yours. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So what happens? They got hungry again. But they wanted more than man. They wanted flesh. They wanted meat. I'm with them on that, amen. I'm not a vegetarian, not that. My son had a sign on his bedroom door one day. He used to, he used to always have it on there. It said, vegetarian's an Indian word for bad hunter. <laughs> amen. Oh, I, want, I want some meat. You can have some vegetables. I'll eat a vegetable once in a while, but I'll tell you, I just, I don't, I'd, rather, I'd rather eat meat than graze, amen. That's the way I am. You pray for me if you don't agree with that. Peter don't like me. Amen. But what happens? They they needed they needed they got hungry and they wanted some they they, they wanted some more food and they they wanted uh, uh, God to to take care of them and, and and what happens? God said, "Oh, you know what? I'll take care of you." He what he do? He dropped from heaven. He quail for them to eat meat. Isn't God good? Isn't it something? Brother Howes used to tell the story about he was on a train one day and, and, he, and he didn't have it. He was going to meet his mother and he, he forgot to pack his toothbrush. And, or his, he had his toothbrush, he didn't have his toothpaste. He thought, man, I, you know, my mouth's so, like cardboard. I need to get my breath fresh. And he, start, he said, I prayed. He said, Lord, somehow, some way, may I get some toothpaste? And he went down to the one car where they sell stuff. They said, hey, you got any toothpaste? Nobody had toothpaste. All of a sudden, some little kid comes by and he goes, hey, what's your name, sir? He goes, my name's Jack. He goes, hi, Jack. Don't say that on a plane. All right. <laughs> Takes a while. He goes, hi, Jack. And he says, well, boy, what's your name? He told him. He says, kind of cocky kid. And he goes, hey, Jack. He says, guess I just got something back, back wherever they were got on, a, on the train. And he says, look at this here. And it looked like a key with a slit in it. He says, what's that? He goes, it's a toothpaste roller. He said, you take your tube of toothpaste, you stick it in that, in that key like that, and you twist it, and it puts your toothpaste out, and it doesn't stay in the bottom. And he goes, wow. He goes, let me go get some toothpaste and show you. He says, all right. He goes, here, I got my toothbrush. You go. So he went and he brought this into his, into his little room there. They had that little, you know, sleeper car-like thing. And he took that toothpaste thing and Brother House stuck his toothbrush out. And the little boy went, look at this, Jack. And he twisted it and it came right out on his toothbrush. And you know what he said? Thank you, Lord. My God shall supply all needs. Amen. Even toothpaste. You say, well, I don't think that was the Lord. You think whatever you want to, but he had prayed and asked God for it, and God gave him some toothpaste. Amen. Thank the Lord, you know, that he supplies the need. The people wanted some meat, and God gave them some meat. And so, and these folks have gotten manna. They've gotten, they've gotten the quail. They've gotten, they've gotten the water. God's take care of them. 
their shoes hadn't wore out, and they're doing just, just all right, and they get to the promised land, the door of the promised land, I should say. They come to Kadesh Barnea. They're at Kadesh Barnea. They're so close to the promised land. They're, they're at that place they've been dreaming of for so long. I wonder how many nights they lay in bed thinking, I can't wait till we get to the promised land. And now finally God has supplied all the need, and now they're able to go into the promised land. And so they're ready to go, and then Moses does something that kind of makes me think it was a mistake. You know, Moses wasn't a perfect man. He really obeyed the Lord. Remember, he was to speak to the rock later on, but he smote it. Moses did this. He said, you know, there's the promised land. They're to go into the promised land, but he says this. Let's get 12 men. Let's get a committee together. Let's get 12 men here. And, fellas, I want you guys to go in there. I want you to go across over there, and I want you to spy out the land for me and come back and give us news on what's going on over there. Now, the reason I think it was a mistake was I believe that Moses was to be the leader. And God told him that that was their land. This is what I think Moses, now, now when we get to heaven, we'll check it out, but I think you'll find out I'm right on this, okay? But I think, I think Moses should have said this. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at the brink. We're right at the door of the promised land. That land's our land. God's promised to us. God's given us water and given us food, and God's taken care of us all this time. He's brought us out of Egypt. When, when, when he said to leave that night, we left, and God took care of us all the way. We've got to go in. I think he should have said, hey, come on, let's go. But he didn't. He said, I'm going to send 12 men over. So 12 men went over to spy out that land. They did. They checked it out. When they came back, 10 of them said, well, we saw it. And all of them, they did. They said, we saw it, and it was beautiful. It was a land of milk and honey. The grapes of Eskel. Remember we sing that song? Grapes of Eskel. Those were, took two men to carry a bunch, I understand. Huge, huge, like watermelon-sized grapes there in that land. It's a beautiful, it flowed with milk and honey. But they came back and they said, eh, everything looks beautiful there, but there's a problem. We see something else. They said, we see Anax people there. They're giants. And we look like grasshoppers. I think they're saying this, we're going to die. And they came back and they brought the news. Ten of them said, this isn't going to work. I thank the Lord for two. You know, uh, Caleb and Joshua said, hey, hey, th- we, we can do it. But these guys said, no, we can't do it. And they didn't go over there. Now, here's the reason why. They quit looking up. And they saw the giants, and they looked at themselves and said, I'm a grasshopper. He's a giant. We're going to die. Now, later on, after all that time of journeying around, they finally went into the promised land, didn't they? And you know what? God took care of them just like Caleb and, and Joshua said would happen. Of all of another story, one day there was a young fellow named David. He went to go see about his brothers. His daddy sent him out to see about them. And they got, when he got there, he found out there was some commotion going on. And here's all the army of Israel standing there. And they're shaking in their boots. And he goes, what's going on? They said, look at out there. There's a giant out there. His name's Goliath. The, Israel, the armies of Israel saw that giant. I believe they looked at themselves as grasshoppers. They said, we can't do it. 
We all know the little kids downstairs know the story. David said, is there not a cause? He said, I'll go fight him. He goes out there. David goes there, and they're telling him, no, you can't do it. Saul, the, uh, you know, he should have been the one going out there, but he wouldn't do it. He's shaking, too. And, and, and David says, I'll go. And, and, and he starts out there. And it's amazing. As he gets out to the edge there, oh, 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 Goliath looks at him and starts laughing and says, man, I'll squish you like a bug, buddy. I, I'll kill you. And the, and, the, and the deal was this. Whoever won this battle, whoever could take him, would be, if he won, that, that uh, the Philistines w- uh, would get the, get the, the land, or if it it was uh, the, the Jews won, that they would get it. That was the decision with that one little battle. And so what happens, David went out, not with a sword. He had some rocks and a sling. But I believe he looked beyond the tall giant out there. He came in the name of the Lord. He said, God, I know I'm a little guy. I'm younger than most all those men back there. God, my eyes on you, and I believe you can make that man fall. You can take one of these rocks I have in my, in, in, in my little uh, pouch area, and you can take that rock and you can guide it. God, I'll sling it. I'll go out there. I'll do that. Keep his eyes on him. All those other men, you know what they did? They were looking like this. We can't do it. I believe what David did was he looked up like this. He knew something, but my God should supply all your need. Well, thank the Lord what God's able to do. I think about, about uh, the story of the promised lamb and those 12 men. They, 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 they saw something. Ten of them saw something different than the other two. David saw something different than the whole army, which proves a point, I think, to me tonight, today. It depends on what we see. What do you see? Let me make an application this morning. Two people face a burden. Two Christians face a burden. And the burden comes in their life and it's what they see. They look at the burden as a giant. And their life is pretty much destroyed. I can't do it. This problem's so big. And then there's someone else that has the same problem. And they know, God, you said you supply my need even in this tragedy. God, I'm going to trust you. It's how you see it. I've seen people before when our loved ones die. What a traumatic thing, isn't it? And you know what happens a lot of times? Um, I, I imagine probably, I, I, I imagine it happens to men when they lose their wives and wives when they lose their husbands. The first thoughts is, how am I going to make it? How am I going to do this? Because they're looking this way. And then finally, they get their eyes on the Lord and say, you know what? My loved one's not here, but my God shall supply all my need. My God, my wife's not here, but I know you'll still take care of me. My God, my husband, he's, he's gone, and, and he did all these things, and God, I, I just don't know what I'm going to do, but I got my eyes are on you, and God, I believe you take care of me, and God, I just reminded when I looked up to you that there's a heaven, and everything's all right in my Father's house. 
What do you see today? Your burden, your trouble, your heartache, your, your sorrow that you have. We can go there, we can fall apart, or we can say, you know what? My God will supply my need. Person loses their job. Right away, you know, they look and they think, this is the end. What am I going to do? I have bills that have to be paid. And they go in their, in, their, in their house and they look and they pull out all those bills and say, this bill and this bill and this mortgage payment. How am I going to do all these things? Why, oh, my, I've lost my job. And there's been people that even gone to commit suicide because they're looking this way. And there's the next guy who loses his job and says, well, God, you must have something better for me. Well, God, you knew about that. You know what happened. It didn't happen today without you knowing. You knew about it. So, God, I'm just going to trust you. Why, I'm going to believe that verse. But my God, just supply all your need. Amen. Amen. You see, it is how you look at it, isn't it? It's how we look at it. The same thing happens to both people. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we get sick and we, we face a hardship and we think all is lost. You know, you think, man, I, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I got this sickness. I got this disease. Why, why there's no hope? There isn't when we look this way. When we look this way, we're like that man standing at the door of that, that, that airliner ready to jump out. He looks down and he fears. He freezes. All of a sudden... Someone says, keep your eyes up. Keep looking at the horizon. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to keep our eyes up and keep looking up to Jesus Christ. You say, but preacher, there's a lot of problems in this world. And if we stand looking at this world and say, look at all of the problems. And we watch the news and we read the news and we see all the burdens and we see all the problems in America. And we see all the disease that is there today. And we look this way and we say, there is no hope for us. Well, you can live that way if you want to, but you know what? I'm going to stay here and look up and say, but i got a God in heaven going to supply all my need. You say, what if Biden gets another four years? Well, that hurt me. I don't care. Let me tell you something. It's not going to get a whole lot better no matter who gets in. Our world is pretty much shot, but here's the thing. I'm not looking for the answers to the end of the world. My answers are coming from above. I know my God will supply all my need. He'll take care of me. Say, preacher, aren't you worried they're going to shut down churches? I, you know, I'm not worried about that because I know my God will supply our need. I know that God will take care of us. No doubt about it. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep your eyes on him. I've seen folks get sick. And some are trusting God, saying, God, I know you'll see me through. You'll give me the grace to go through this. And I see others, you know, get the stomach flu and they're ready to check out. It's how you see it. What do you see this morning? We sometimes see things as giants or we see ourselves as grasshoppers. What makes a difference? But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. David saw the whole situation differently than all the soldiers. You know, other folks in your family may not see things like you see them. And they may come to you and say, well, what you're going through, how do you hold it together? It's not because you're so wonderful, but you have a wonderful God. That you're able to keep your eyes upon him and say, my God will supply my needs. 
When you think there's no hope and the doctors say nothing we can do. And we look and we say, but God, I know you'll take care of me. And either God, you're going to do this. Either you can heal me or you've got my mansion ready for me and you're going to take me home. Or we could sit there and look at down here and get scared to death. What do you see? The ten spies saw the giants there. But Caleb and Joshua saw a whole different situation and the, weird, the crazy thing about it is this. They all saw the same thing. And so do we. We look at the problems in America today and we say, boy, you know what? You know what America, what I see all the problems in America just reminds me of this. You disobey God, this is what you get. But I also look to the word of God and know that one of these days the rapture is going to take place. Hallelujah. Amen. That we're going to rise up out of here. Leave this old world behind. You say, well, what about all my things? Let them have it. That place you live in, all the stuff you have is nothing up there in glory land. They paved the road, paved the street with gold. Amen. It's what you see. How about your life this morning? We need to keep looking up. We need to get our eyes off the stuff that's going on in this world. And get our eyes on the Lord once again. Just get your eyes on the Lord. We, uh, we see so much happening before our eyes all the time. And to be honest with you, you, you watch the news and you, you see what's going on in the news. It, uh, uh, it, it breaks your heart. It scares you. They were talking the other day, said, you know, that out of China, that we could have other viruses and I don't want no more viruses. Remember how crazy it got here? But you know what? You say, well, preacher, what happens? What about, you know, the, the nuclear stuff? What about Putin? Well, it's kind of like this. I'm looking up this way. My God will take care of me. You say, what if a nuclear bomb drops on your head? I'm going up. You go, yeah, you're going to go up in a big cloud that looks like a mushroom no I'm going beyond the cloud of mushroom rise and be with him don't need fear we all see what's happening but it's how you see it ten there's giants we're not going to do it we're a bunch of grasshoppers here's these two saying yeah there's giants over there but our God gave us manna. He gave us water. He gave us the quail. He gave us, he, our shoes are still good. It's the promised land. They saw it differently. It really does matter how you look at it. But everything we look at, we need to look at it through Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, it's in the book. Amen. And if it's in the book, it is true. Amen. You say, you just believe that book. Yes, sir. I believe this book. So my question to you this morning is this. What's it look like to you? You can walk out of here, just shit, wring your hands, and oh, I just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I wonder if Republicans or Democrats. The answer's not in them. Look up. 
Looking at the Republicans is like going over here looking and stepping over going, oh my. Stepping over here to the Democrats. Oh my, my. <laughs> There's no hope either way. So I step over here and say, <laughs> my Lord's coming again. I'm going to rise and be with him. Then one of these days we're coming back to this earth. We're ruling and reign with him for a thousand years. If he could take care of a bunch of Jews, three and a half million Jews, and give them enough water and food to eat and take care of their shoes and that, well, I believe just, I'll get my eyes on that God. And he'll take care of you. What's it look like to you today? You know, if you're here this morning, you say, Preacher, I'll tell you, I just don't have that hope. You can have that hope when you know Jesus is your Savior. But if Jesus is somebody foreign to you, you don't get it. I just hope he can. I hope this, this uh, spiritual being, no, it's God. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And you can be saved today if you don't know Christ as your Savior. And Christian, this morning, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what trouble you've been through. But I'll tell you what, I've seen a lot of folks through the years, and even folks sitting in this very room right now, have gone through some losses in their life. And they're happy. They've got joy. They've got peace. You know why? My eyes on him. <laughs> and my God will supply all my need. Uh, you know what? We could even add to that a little bit. He even gives us a lot of our wants. God's so good, isn't he? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much again for this time this morning. Thank you for the word of God. I pray that we would all grasp this truth it's really a simple message it's how we see it just like those 12 men 10 of them saw it one way and two saw it the other way god help us to have our eyes upon you well our heads bowed our eyes closed this morning i wonder i'm going to ask the question i always do if you were to die do you know for sure you go to heaven he said, Preacher, well, I just hope so. I didn't ask you that. I said, do you know for sure? I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning who said, Preacher, if I was to die, I'm not sure of heaven, but I, I, I'd like to know that. I'd like to know 100% sure I'm going to heaven. Preacher, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, I just don't know, but I'd like to know that. I want to know I'm going to heaven. Christian this morning. You say, I know the Lord's my Savior. Get your eyes on him. The answer is not in the news programs. It's not in the newspaper. They'll all bring you down. You'll be like the guy standing at the doorway of that airplane ready to jump, and you'll freeze, and you'll freak out when you look down. Lift up your eyes to the Lord and realize he'll supply you all your need. Maybe God spoke to your heart this morning. The altar will be open. You do what God says. And if you're here and not sure you're saved, you come and let us know. We'll show you in the Bible how to be saved. Maybe you haven't been baptized since you've been saved. That's the first thing you ought to do. Just come and let me know. We can get the waters ready for you here next week and be ready to baptize. Just do what God tells you to do today. Get your eyes on him. Father, bless this invitation time. Now, I pray that your will be done. Lord, help us make the right decisions today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we stand?